everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Austin, coming at you all with another episode, another another discussion uh, this week. And uh, there's been a lot going on lately with uh, gun control debate. Unfortunately, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had the Uvalde, Texas school shooting. Um, horrific, awful tragedy that's being broken apart and uh, <clears throat> dissected and evaluated and reevaluated and critiqued by by all kind all kinds of people that that honestly I don't think should. I think in instances and situations like this, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go into it, right? So you need to, you need to look at police procedure. You need to look at accounts of what actually happened on the ground. Um, need to look at a lot of the variables that are involved, right? It'll be it'll be months, you know, before we we have all that information. But you know, coming off of this tragedy, now we're having all these politicians, um, celebrities. You know, today uh, I saw the video of Matthew McConaughey going into the White House and telling everyone how we need red flag laws and we need. Uh, gun confiscation. We need to raise the legal age uh, for for purchasing firearms to 21 and stuff. So, um, you have a lot of thoughts, um, a lot of feelings. Honestly, um, this is a. I don't want to say it makes me anxious, you know, but it does kind of spike anxiety because people get violent and they get oppositional during times like this. Um, because I'll be honest, a lot of people that don't know shit about this think they have all the answers. Um, and I think one of the things that that we do a really good job here of at the prepared mindset is trying to provide facts. We try to provide useful information. So I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna talk about gun control. You know, I had put together a list here. I'm gonna, we're gonna go through it um, in in a, in a moment, right? Uh, I put together this list months ago. You know, actually, I emailed it to myself. You know, sharing between computers and everything. The the it's it's funny. Almost exactly a year ago. Um, next week today. Uh, it'll be a year. So, uh, I had sent myself this email on June 15th of 2021. And it's because I didn't want to do another episode based on gun control because it gets very political, right? And it's such a dry topic and everything. So I kind of wanted to avoid it, but given everything that's going on, um, pushed the interview that I had scheduled for this week and decided that I want, I wanted to talk about this. I wanted to share some facts, share some statistics, um, share some thoughts. So before I kind of, I get in all that heavy stuff, I do like always, right. I want to say thank you to the people that are partners here that help make our projects possible to help support us, uh, you know, week in, week out at the prepared mindset. And first as always is eclipse holsters guys. We had Jess, the owner of eclipse holsters, the owner, founder, uh, operator, um, head lady in charge, whatever you want to call her. Uh, just joined me last week for an episode. We had a, we had a really good discussion. She talked about how the business got started, the, the holster industry as a whole. We talked a little bit about, uh, politics and the country and, and things. And it was, it was just a really cool discussion. Um, and Eclipse is a really cool company. You guys head over to eclipseholsters.com. You can use our discount code prepared mindset. It's going to save you 20% off your order. They guarantee they'll have whatever it is out in the mail to you in three business days or less. Guys, you spend over a hundred bucks and let's face it, you know, holsters, holsters ain't cheap. So you know what? You spend over a hundred bucks, you get upgraded to free two day FedEx shipping. 
which is awesome. Um, that's that's huge, the 3-day guarantee, and their customer service is, in my mind, like their top tier. Very, very good, very helpful, lifetime guarantee on all their stuff, very well-made products, and they're always coming out with new stuff. They're always working on new stuff. Um, great company. We're, we're very thrilled to partner with them. Again, EclipseHolsters.com is their website. You can go check them out, pick up a new holster for yourself, dump tray, uh, wallet, all kinds of good things on there. Use our code PREPAREDMINDSET, one word. It's going to save you 20% off your order. Also, thank you to MyMedic. Guys, right now, MyMedic actually has their summer sale going. So I was looking on the site the other day. Pretty much everything there is 25% to, in some instances, as much as 40% off. So our discount code actually isn't good right now because it's less than the, the sale the sale discounts they have going on. We are affiliate partners with them. So if you guys go to our link tree, you guys go to our offers page on Facebook, use our affiliate link, all right? Um, go through that link. Go to mymedic.com, place your order, right? And as long as you use that link, a little piece, whatever you spend there, pick up a MyFAC, uh, pick up one of their trauma uh, TFACs, right? Trauma first aid kit, construction medic, moto medic, uh, pet medic, all kinds of stuff, right? Go over there, pick up whatever you guys need to keep your yourself and your family well prepared for whatever life throws at you. And a little piece comes back and helps support me and the team here and everything we do at Prepared Mindset. That's mymedic.com. So, all right. I'm going to crack open a Killcliff here. Um, not supported and sponsored by Killcliff. It'd be super sick if we were. Um, but I love their CBD drinks. I just got done doing a couple hours at the gym. So, I know they have like a recovery drink that's geared pretty specifically towards uh, after the gym. But right now, I'm having a uh, one of their CBD drinks. It's got like 25 milligrams of CBD in it. Uh, Orange Kush. Super, super good. Uh but anyways, so we're going to get into this a little bit, right? Um, the gun control thing is, uh, it's really, it's an emotional topic for a lot of people. And I think it's made that way purposely. I think that the media does a really good job of portraying gun laws, gun control, um, quote, the gun lobby, which is really not a thing. I mean, it is, but it's not a thing. There's not like some mythical group. Right. Um, <clears throat> like some, uh, there's not like a gun toting Illuminati, right. <laughs> that's out there, um, paying off all of these, uh, quote, right wing, uh, fanatics, right. Or right wing politicians, basically Republicans, GOP leadership, whatever, you know, whatever you, you want to say, right. They're not paying them off to ensure that gun laws don't get passed. If you think about how politics in general work, our leadership is supposed to reflect the views, the demands, um, the wants, right, of their constituents, the people that elected them, and then keep them in office. That's that's the point. That's why the elected leadership in Congress and the House, the Senate and the House, I'm sorry, um, they don't have term limits, right? Because they're, they're that's supposed to be uh, something that encourages them to you know act out the will of the people, so they keep getting reelected and they keep their jobs. <clears throat> I think we've kind of got gotten away from the the heart of that system how that's supposed to work but uh i digress so anytime we have one of these mass tragedies mass shooting tragedies um whether it's a school a nightclub a bar um it's followed up very very shortly thereafter usually 
hours later um, by press conferences, by all kinds of Democratic leadership telling us why we don't need guns and why guns are to blame. And I've had this discussion multiple times with people. You know, a gun is just the method which the evil is carried out. Okay, if you want to solve the problem, if you want to, if you want to actually solve the problem, right? Um, you need to address the root issue, which is the evil in people's hearts, and it's me- and mental health is certainly a factor in that. I think as a society, we've gotten further and further away from a healthy uh, society. And here's another thing: since the Clinton administration, uh, I believe it was ninety three, ninety four, right, enacted law that makes it illegal. For anybody other than police to carry a firearm on school grounds, we have seen a spike in mass casualty instances, especially on school campuses. Okay, school shootings are a thing, and um, the so-called the blueprint for this, right, was the Columbine shooting, right? Everyone knows Columbine. You don't have to say Columbine High School. You don't have to say the city, the shooters. Um, I won't say the shooter's name because I... You know, I don't believe in in promoting their cause and what they did um, for any of these, right? But hey, um, that was actually during the Clinton era assault weapons ban too, where no AR-15s were used, uh, shotguns and pistol caliber carbine rifles, things that shot like nine millimeter and forty-five. Um, those were the weapons that were used. So how can forty? How I'm sorry. How can AR-15s, right? How can AR-15s be the problem that we are now so fixated and stuck on? If the worst school shooting in the last 50 years, really, right? The the progenitor of of what we see as modern day tragedy and mass shootings, um, they didn't have access to that. And in all honesty, that would have been a lot worse if their pipe bombs, the bombs they had built, had gone off, which they didn't. That's what people, I think, are missing the point by screaming for, we need more gun laws, we need to make them harder to get. Criminals don't follow laws, you idiot. That's why they're criminals. Um, you know, if gun laws worked, uh, Evalde wouldn't have happened, right? As soon as that that asshole stepped on the campus, oh, I'm breaking the law. Well, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and wait for somebody to come arrest me because I entered a school campus with a firearm. That's already illegal. Um, or, you know, it. it I don't want to get into a lot of the... Um, let's, let's focus on some statistics, all right? That's what I want to talk about. Um, and it's hard to not be emotional with this because I get that there's families that were hurt, but now there's people that want to sue gun companies like because they lost their child or their spouse in this incident. And <clears throat> I empathize with them. Um, my heart hurts for those people that won't. You're not going to see that kid grow up. You're not going to you're not going to see that teacher reach retirement. You're not going to run into that teacher in the grocery store later on down the line or run into them, you know, 20 years later when you're a working adult and now they're a customer of yours. They were robbed of those opportunities. So for a lot of reasons, it's emotional. Um, It's also emotional because people like me get told that I want that to happen. I've been told that, that I don't value the lives of children. I don't value the lives of school children. Um... Uh, I have seen a lot of things posted online. Uh, God bless our brave school children so that you can maintain your right to bear arms. And um, it's pretty sad that that's kind of where we're at because people don't realize that the Second Amendment is the guardian of all other amendments. 
And if you're listening to this and you think that that's, that's hogwash, you know, that's, it's just not true. Well, you're, you're just not right. Why don't you look at history? Look at any disarmed society and look at what happened to their population directly thereafter. If there is no way for the populace to fight back against an oppressive government, which is what the Second Amendment was created for and how this country was very much formed, right? Right? We revolted, revolution, revolutionary war, get what I'm saying, right? We revolted against an oppressive government. Um, unfortunately, we are now trading our safety, our security, our freedoms, our rights, our liberty for, I mean, spoonfuls, small, small amounts um, of security, of alleged security, of promised security from a country, uh, from a government rather, right, that can't guarantee any of those things. I mean, hell, I just drove to the gym today. Gas is $5.30 a gallon. And we have people, we have idiots on social media spouting about how that's the price of freedom. No, no, that's not. That's the price of a political agenda driven by people that don't have to pay for their own gas, driven by people who are having their pockets lined by executives from large companies and large corporations, and people that would rather push for green energy because they have investments in that technology and those stocks because it's not illegal for our leadership to basically insider trade. Um, But I digress. So looking at like I said, I put this list together a year ago, almost a year to the day of some what I called fascinating gun statistics. Um, because these people, these leaders, um, and a lot of these people on the liberal left, they're all over Facebook, they rally together, they spread their own disinformation and churn their own disinformation over and over and over again about why you don't need an AR-15, how easy it is to, to buy a firearm, why you don't need these things. I love that. Why you don't need this, right? So, um, Here's some fascinating numbers to support the idea that the 2A community and our ideologies, right, our views are growing, and this current agenda being pushed by the Biden administration and uh, the Democrats, um, it's pushing an agenda, and it's not what people want, and I don't think it's actually going to make things better or safer. Um, Right now, 46% of all counties in the U.S. are now 2A sanctuaries, okay? Okay. Meaning that you put the power in the elected sheriff or law enforcement in that county to pick and choose which firearm laws um, are going to be enforced. So if tyrannical overreaching gun confiscation, red flag laws, ban- assault weapons bans were put into effect, these sanctuary counties, which my county is a sanctuary county, um, if something like that were to happen, um, it legally protects the elected sheriff. Um or protected official, constable, whatever you want to say, um, from not enforcing those laws, okay? Um, you know, and I have some notes, right? If, if people felt that there were a large need for protection from the gun crime pandemic, uh, the epidemic of gun violence, we wouldn't be seeing this. And, and again, this is, half a, this is a year ago, and half of all counties in the U.S. are now 2A sanctuaries. Um, the establishment of these sanctuaries by elected officials, it's a powerful indicator of what the public wants and that the American public is afraid of losing their two-way rights. Think back to two years ago, the beginning, right? Two years ago, the beginning of the quote, summer of love, right? And we were, by now we were, we were waist deep in, uh, in social justice marches, in, uh, riots, in looting, um, Chaz, uh, 
CHOP, right? The Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone or <coughs> um, Capitol Hill Occupied, whatever. Um, it, it, that was our life for three, four months, watching in TV cities like Atlanta, cities in, like, you know, uh, up in Washington, right? Detroit, we had a night where things turned violent with protesters throwing bottles and rocks and things down Woodward with the Detroit Police Department and riot gear. Chicago, LA, New York, all these, we had all these major cities had all these issues and problems, not to mention the smaller ones that had issues and problems. Um, Dylan Ruth, who was uh, one of our early uh, interviewees uh, earlier in the year, he's now uh, ruthless.actual on Instagram, right? Formerly known as a student operator, right? Had him on here. He drove through one because he was out of town taking a firearms instruction course and uh, had to try and navigate through part of one to get back home. Right. So, um, here's something else that's interesting is in 1986, there were approximately 0.8 guns per American in the U S as of 2018. So four years ago now, uh, there's about 426 million firearms or an average of 1.3 per person, keeping in mind, right. That 94 to Oh four, the uh, Clinton assault weapons ban was in place and severely cut down on purchases. This is what people want, you know, so um, regardless of what the screaming masses, the the lemmings, and, and I say lemmings not because I have such a low level of respect for uh, liberal individuals, but because they are so lemming-esque in how they regurgitate their own forms of disinformation um, while screaming about fake news and, and, you know, misinformation from the other side of the aisle, and they just churn it. And they share it and they talk about how you don't need this because what they know to be true. Um, And you can't explain anything any different. But yet we still have tons and tons of guns being purchased in this country. And it's not by a small number of people. There's a lot of us. There's a lot of gun owners out there. Whether you own one gun or ten. Or maybe you're one of those, you know, uh, 2A loving Americans that owns more than ten. God bless you. Right? Um... So here's some other statistics that I want to look at, right? Based on survey data from the U.S. Department of Justice, right? The Department of Justice, okay? Approximately 6.9 million violent crimes were committed in the United States during 2018. So that's violent crimes in general, right? Because a lot of people use firearms for self-defense, whether they're threatening to be stabbed, uh, they're at fear of being raped, being shot themselves, right? Um... Any of those things qualify as a violent crime, right? So aggravated assaults, robberies, rapes, murders. Of all of those, about 600,000 or only 9% were committed by offenders visibly armed with a gun. So the criminals, it was only 9%. So there's a lot of other ways to hurt people. You stab them, um, hammers sledgehammers, right? Pipes, chains. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can hurt somebody. And a lot of them, it doesn't have to be a gun. That's what people fail to realize. We get so, we get so hyper-focused because the media tells us it's a gun problem, right? We get so focused on gun. Oh, it's gun crime. Guns are the issue. Guns are why we have so many, so much crime. If we get rid of the guns, you'll see, you'll see crime rates plummet. No, no, you won't. You won't you'll actually see crime rates go up because they know that people aren't going to be armed to protect themselves. They know that people are going to be more vulnerable and you'll actually see those crime rates go up. There's no fear of retribution. You know that, you know, you're going to go uh, mug that lady on the corner. 
and she can't have a gun because they're all illegal, what's she going to do? Kill you with harsh language? No, you're going to get her purse. You're going to do whatever you want to her and you take off and you're going to be fine and nothing's going to happen to you. You're enabling criminals at that point. Okay, Um, next, right? According to the National Research Council study done during the Obama administration, okay, so we're looking at what, 08 to uh, 2016, Obama administration, guns used for uh, self-defense somewhere between 500,000 to 3 million times every year, which if you're wondering what some quick math on that is, that's approximately 1,369 to 8,219 times Every day. Every day. Think about that. Used for self-defense. But we don't hear about those thousands and thousands of good guys with a gun because it doesn't support the left side's narrative, right? Um, now, I understand you can skew numbers both ways. You know, you could say, well, there's still this many you know, crimes. But remember, the earlier statistic that we just threw out there is that of all reported violent crimes... In 2018, right, so same year, 9% were committed by offenders visibly armed with a gun. 9%. So that means that 91 were were barely putting a dent in violent crime. And that's assuming that if you take the guns away, that that crime doesn't happen at all. That that, those perpetrators, those criminals, those assholes aren't going to opt for a lead pipe or a knife or a pickaxe or a chain um, baseball bat with barbed wire, you know, like, oh yeah, I just don't have a gun. So I'm not going to go out and do crimes today. Mm, I don't, I don't know. That's quite how that works. So, um, you start to, you start to punch holes in some of this using some of this data, right? Numbers support this. And I get, you can, you can, right. You can skew numbers, but only to an extent, you know, this, it's hard to argue against stuff like that when you see the numbers put out there that way. And I know, well, that's, well, that's four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. Um, however, yeah, it is a little bit difficult in the middle of the pandemic to conduct studies. You kind of really jostle and change your, your case study there. So, and we only do a census every four years. I mean, there's only so much we can do. Plus, I don't think that much has really changed in four years. That's just my personal opinion, but um, so the number of gun, another one, here we go. Another number of guns manufactured in the U S uh, per year has increased at the same rate that homicides per a hundred thousand people has fallen from 2000 to 2018. So it's literally proof that gun control is a farce. More guns, not less have driven down the number of homicides. Okay. Um, more legally armed law abiding citizens, more good people, more good guys with the gun, <coughs> excuse me. Um, means less crime. So from a dollars and cents perspective, shows people are literally speaking with their wallets. Okay. They want a firearm. They want to protect themselves. And we've talked about this on other podcasts, right? The national averages right now, right? For police response in minutes ranges somewhere between eight to 15 minutes across the country. I think here where I live outside of Detroit, um, approximately 12 minutes for police response. Now it might be a little bit faster because I'm not actually in Detroit, but 12 minutes, cut that in half, even six minutes. What what can happen to you in six minutes from the time you're even able to report that something has happened, a break-in, a burglary, um, someone's in the house, whatever, right? Could be an attempted sexual assault. 
uh, six minutes for someone to get there and, and, and help. A lot can happen. And you're telling me that I'm closer to 12 minutes? Yeah, I think I would like a firearm. Thank you. I think I would like the ability to educate myself, train myself, and provide a level of protection to my family, to my wife, my home, myself, right? My neighbors. Protect my neighbors. If some if somebody is seeking to do evil, uh, you know, harm and an intent to them, we are protected legally to defend them as well. If there is a uh, concern uh, or, and you know, like there's th- that danger exists, you know, Um so it's not that everyone's screaming for this and it's the politicians or the gun lobby or the NRA. There's a lot of Americans that still want their firearms. Unfortunately, we just have enough very loud people that that vote and take these issues to the ballot boxes that we and then we have people that flip party lines too. We got these rhinos, okay, right? Republican in name only. And I'm and there's there's several, right, that flip on these. Um I just saw one one of the I think it's a senator from Illinois who's now ready to ban AR fifteens. He's a Republican, right? Republican Party, who's supposed to be the pro-2A party, and he's flipping. And why is he doing it? Oh, that's right, because midterm elections are coming up. It's, uh, you know, we're approximately the middle of June here. We have less than six months before midterm elections. So now we're starting to see people pander for votes. Oh, more common sense gun control, which is literally code for we're going to compromise your rights and give away more of your freedoms so that we can pull some some lefts, uh, some votes from the left to hopefully keep us in in power to what? I mean, you're literally giving away, giving up on everything that the conservative party, the Republicans stand for. So what's the point of staying in office if you're not even going to enforce those values? It's a broken, stupid idea and system. Um, unfortunately, I just think that a lot of Republican uh, voters don't go out and vote. They just don't give a shit. And now we're in the situation that we're in. But again, I digress on that. <clears throat> um, U.S. counties that haven't adopted concealed carry laws, or sorry, that have adopted concealed carry laws, see a reduction of 8.5% of murders, a reduction of 5% of rapes, 7% of assaults, and 3% of robberies. So that's just concealed carry laws. They allow people to conceal carry, which I think basically everyone does. Um, but you see a, a reduction and a noticeable one, I would think. Um, 8.5% less murders and 5% less rapes. I mean, it's not a lot. I'll, I'll give you that in, that in that particular instance. But concealed carry doesn't have to be the case. You can still open carry legally. You can defend your home without either one of those things being a factor. So consider that when looking at those numbers, right? Now, here you go. Here's one that comes uh, that's very um, applicable, right, to recent events. 94% of all mass shootings occur in gun-free zones. 94%. Soft targets offer a great opportunity. Terrorists, criminals, whatever. Um, there's nobody there to shoot back. And these things are premeditated. They're planned out. Um, you look at some of the most notable ones like Columbine, they knew the school, they knew the entrances, they knew what they were going to do and they planned it out for a while. And a lot of these people of this, this Uvalde asshole actually went online and, and made statements to the extent of, uh, or to the effect, I'm sorry, of the elementary school needs to look out. Things like that, right? There are warning signs. There are indications. <clears throat> and that's why it pisses me off so much that people, oh, we need red flag laws. 
The red flags are already fucking there. They're already there. What is our law? What are, what's our law enforcement doing about it? Why aren't they doing more about it? You, I mean, that's pretty concerning and borders. I mean, like <clears throat> if you call in a bomb threat to a school, law enforcement gets involved and action is taken, right? So now, and I'm sorry, we're in a digital age. So you make a post about how this, you know, this school better look out. I'm going to do this to that school, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you should be able to act on that and at least bring that individual in and talk to them. Not sure where the disconnect is there. Oh, wait, maybe it's the fact that we're understaffed and underfunded in our police departments because, again, the liberal left keeps screaming for to fund the police. For the last two years, after the uh, social justice movement and the racial equality movement or Black Lives Matter or Summer of Love, whatever you want to call it, right? How many headlines? How many headlines do we see about mayors, elected officials, fucking governors coming out and saying, they're committing to reducing police and law enforcement budgets statewide, citywide, by 20%, 30%, however many millions of dollars. Hmm? Because it's going to secure them votes so they can keep their fat asses in office, right? At the expense of what? Our school children. But that's okay. The people on the right wing, the people on the right side of the aisle, we're the ones that don't care about the kids, right? And I get that Uvalde is a little bit of a different... Uh, Example, because I think that it was police malfeasance that led to a lot of the issues here. And again, I'm I'm trying not to pass judgment um, until all the information comes out. It just does seem very weird that things went on as long as they did. But I am going to try my best uh, to commit to waiting to pass judgment until all the facts are out. Um, especially given that the department did pass certification in March on active shooter training. Um, and if departments don't pass that training, they lose certification. It's a big deal in law enforcement. It was made into, it was passed into law countrywide that all police departments have to undergo that training. Um, so getting back to this though, right? 94% of all mass shootings are in gun-free zones. Um, so talking about the El Paso and Dayton shootings in 2019, <clears throat> the, uh, the shooter at El Paso, he had a manifesto that openly declared that anyone, um, Willing to be impactful should avoid places with cops and security. Soft targets mean more deaths, means their message will carry more weight after they're killed. You know, they being the shooter. Um, this is literally building a playbook for these assholes. They know we're going to go someplace where people aren't going to shoot back because I can kill more people faster. Because, yeah, if you go into a building where, you know, there's a chance somebody has a gun or, God, for you know, multiple people have firearms, you might kill someone. You might kill two people, but you're probably going to get killed. A, they're cowards, but B, one or two people, and it, it as, as awful as I feel even saying this out loud, that doesn't move the needle, the needle right, on how they're going to spread their message, right? It's tragic and awful. It's shitty and it's stupid and it, we sh it's not an issue we should have to talk about, but this is the reality. This is where we're at, right? Um, this is a terrorist playbook and these people are terrorists. They, in my mind, they hundred percent are, um, so think about that. And it's something we never want to address. Oh, we shouldn't have to arm teachers. Oh, you can, you should never have a, a gun in school. Well, um, there is data out there that does support the statement <clears throat> that when you're allowing teachers optionally, of course, right to carry firearms in school, 
and that's a known thing because they have signs up and stuff. Have you seen a lot of it circulating on social media, right? They don't have these incidences. Cities and towns where they make it, they have constitutional carrier carry. They make it easier to get a CPL, CCW, whatever, not harder, not more expensive, right? They have less crime. They have less of these incidents because people know that, that everyone's armed. The general populace is armed. They shoot back thus making it not a soft target anymore. Like I said, these 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 shooters, they're fucking cowards, all right? So they're going where they can do the most damage with the least risk to themselves. Um, so moving on, right? Um, whenever we hear these people start screaming to ban guns, right? Um, oh, it's and, and, and it's it's infuriating because A, it's trading off our constitutionally granted right to defend ourselves, but also because it is taking, it's, you're taking the lives of these children in this case, right? Children, elementary school children, and you're essential, you're, you cannot, you're, these politicians can't be fast enough to convert it to political capital. They're excited at the opportunity to sit there and leverage it. And they'll tell you all day long how badly they feel while talking about how they need to have more laws passed while being the first one to the microphone so everyone knows their name and they were the one pushing for it and why. Not because it's the right thing to do. They couldn't give a shit about you. They don't want you to be able to protect yourself. Again, look at the history of nations that have been disarmed. See what happens to them. Nazi Germany, China. Look at all that shit, right? No, because then name association is how you get back at the ballot box. That's how you get reelected. That's what they fucking care about. They don't care about you. Who do you think protects them? Oh, yeah, that's right. Armed security. What are they armed with? Not swords. <laughs> it, they have fucking guns. So, um, and you hear this argument put out a lot more often, and I hope we, we continue to, right? We protect banks. We protect uh, uh, the, the Federal Reserve. We protect celebrities, fucking meaning, worthless, piece of shit human being celebrities, a lot of whom were involved with this Jeffrey Epstein, you know, child trafficking, pornography shit, right? They all have armed security, People that run these multi-million dollar corporations like Microsoft, they have armed security. So why do we not protect our children with armed security? We just gave $40 billion or whatever it was over to Ukraine. That's enough to give every school in this country close to half a million dollars to build up security and to staff their school with a school, with a re, an armed resource officer. And yet, here we are. Um... So, yeah, whenever people start screaming to ban guns, assault rifles such as the AR-15 are pretty much where everyone jumps today. Um, they just start, oh, it's an assault weapon, which is a verb. It's not an assault weapon, and no, it's not what's taken into war. Um, but, however, something else that's important to, to point out here, um, the number of homicides committed by rifles in the U.S. is actually very low. For the 20 million rifles that we have in circulation in the U.S. today, they only accounted for 364 murders in 2019 which is one murder per 55,000 rifles owned. Now, again, I, I want to stress that I'm not diminishing the, the, the weight um, of, of those deaths. And yes, I, I wish we could, you know, we should do more. We can do more to make those murders preventable. But if you're looking at really making impactful change that's going to that's gonna better society and make the world safer for all of us, that clearly ain't fucking it. 
you're addressing a, it's like a pimple on the ass of the problem here. That's 364 murders. And you have 20 million rifles. That it's just, it's not, it's not an effective strategy. And hey, jumping back to the 94 to 2004 assault weapons ban in the Clinton administration, guess why it wasn't renewed? Because the study that was done by Congress determined that there was little to no actual impact on crime and violence with that ban in place, which is why it was not renewed. Gun control does not work. And during that time, you couldn't have an AR-15 that was magazine capacity limits. All the stuff they're screaming for, short of red flag laws, was in that ban for 10 years. So what's changed? Well, can't carry guns on school and social media, right? We as a society, the liberal mob, who's very good at ganging up on each other, right? They're, they're awesome at just, like I said, I've been saying all along, they regurgitate and spew the same shit, but then they see somebody fighting with somebody and arguing online and they could not even know the person, but they're great at ganging up and they're great at making somebody out to be an asshole for having uh, a healthy respect for the Second Amendment, for having a different viewpoint than them. It doesn't have to be the Second Amendment. Uh, look at all the shit we're going through right now, this being Pride Month, after all. Um, and this is nothing against the, the gay community, <clears throat> but I think lap dances and having children put dollars in the G-strings of drag, of, you know, uh, individuals dressed in drag, I think that crosses a line. I would never bring a, a you know, an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old child into a strip club and have them do that, right? Why would it, why would the door swing the other way on that issue? But you got people jumping together to defend that just because that's what the, the mob mentality is telling them is okay. So, um, <laughs> I mean, at any rate, right. The, the, that's neither here nor there. Um, but looking at some common arguments against guns, right. Um, I need this gun to protect against criminals. What if someone broke into my house? Um, the Bureau of Justice Statistics studied 29,618,300 violent crimes from 2007 to 2011 and tabulated all the reported self-protective behavior. Repelling criminals with a firearm was only 0.8% of all incidents. Yelling and running away represented 26.2%. Punching your way out was 22.1% of incidents. And doing nothing was the most popular choice 43.8% of the time. So... The argument is that you should essentially do nothing as your primary methodology in planning for self-protection, family protection, home protection, home defense, etc. That's where things lied during that four years that they gathered that data. Um, it's kind of sad that that's kind of where we're at right now. And that's the generally accepted behavior is that you should just let yourself be a victim. And I've seen this stuff online. Right, I've seen this shared. I've seen it regurgitated and reshared and respewed. Right, that oh well, the criminal was just poor. They just needed money. They just needed some food. You shouldn't value your life, or sorry, you shouldn't value your stuff over someone else's life. Basically, telling us that we should all lay down and be victims and hope that they're not going to rape us or murder us or assault us while in our house stealing everything that we worked for. Right. Um, so I think that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, 
When it comes to home invasion, property crime, uh, successful firearm defenses were a mere 0.1% of incidences um, because it's illegal to use a firearm to defend property. So if you guys, this we we have changed directional, but here I am looking at things like um, arguments that people make against guns, right? Oh, um, property crime, successful firearm defenses were only a 0.1% of incidents. Because it's illegal to use a firearm to defend property. If you've taken a concealed carry class, you know that. You can use a firearm to defend life when you fear that somebody's life is in danger, right? But if someone is stealing your car, that's you're not legally allowed to shoot them to defend your car, right? Um, which, on some hands, I understand. and others, I, I it's kind of irritating. But I had, to, I had to explain that to somebody the other day. You cannot shoot someone if they're trying to... Um, steal your car or if they're bashing in your windshield with a bat because you slept with their girlfriend or something can't shoot them for that and call the police and they will deal with it um there needs to be a realistic fear of loss of life or grievous bodily harm to use a firearm so that's another that's a that's a pretty bad argument oh we have defensive property you don't need a firearm because it only ever happens you know a tenth of a percent of the time no um okay next (laughs) um in 2010, for example, there were only 230 justifiable gun homicides, while there were 11,078 criminal homicides. For perspective, that's a 0.02% of the total number of gun deaths of good guy versus bad guy, as opposed to guy killing his eight-year-old while he cleans his gun and oops, it's loaded. Um, that's a pretty bad example. Um, it's given through the lens designed to make a firearm look like a dangerous device that shouldn't be in any home. Um, how many, excuse me, how many of those 11,078 criminal homicides were gang related? That's a big, a big portion of of firearm homicides every year. Uh, and so are suicides that don't really get accounted for. Um, and then plus, I mean, I'll, I'll make the same argument that the other side would make, right? Are those 230, uh, justifiable, uh, defense homicides not worth it? Are those 230 lives not worth it? Um, you know, it's kind of a bad look, right? Um, so when we say, hey, gun laws don't do anything, we shouldn't have any more of them, right? And we get we get stuff thrown back at us like, hey, why don't more criminals get automatic weapons in the U.S.? It's because they're illegal. You almost never see them in crimes. Seems like gun control might be working there. Just throwing that out. Yes. Um, fully automatic weapons have been illegal in this country for several years. That is true. It absolutely is true. Thank you to the Nash, the NFA, right? Um, a perspective of accuracy shows that, you know, full auto is actually less effective um, at targeted killing, which is why anybody that you talk to that has, actu- has actually seen combat and, and operated or worked in law enforcement and been in firefights and has, you know, access to select fire weapons, you usually go on semi-automatic, you know, one round at a time. You use a full, uh, you use a fully automatic weapon for suppressive fire, where it's just to keep the enemy's heads down, so to speak, so that they're worried about getting shot. But accuracy is not your prime concern there. Okay, um, you can legal, you can illegally modify a firearm to be fully automatic. Um, costs of ammunition become astros- astronomical, right? Uh, especially now, it's still stu- stupid expensive. Um, if you want to try and run a weapon on full automatic, it's just, you're, you're going to waste a ton of money. Um, 3d printing of auto sears has become a large problem, which gets brought up constantly. 
Um, and then the Branch Davidian slash Waco incident in the 90s was fully automatic weapons. Um, those are all legal. They are illegal already. Um, now, I, there's, I think we should have access to them. I, I, I really do. Um, for the reasons I just stated, I, you probably wouldn't see that much of an issue with it. But for whatever reason, um, it's just it's not something that never gets brought up. And <laughs> personally, am I... Am I that heartbroken by not having access to it? No, because I can't afford the ammo to run it. So, and you're going to burn through barrels faster. You're wearing tears going to go up. I mean, all kinds of stuff. But, um, so another, and this is taken from an article I found where they, they, they take common, uh, common comments and arguments that, uh, right wingers quote, throw out at people fighting for gun control. Right. So, uh, this is this is a pretty good one because I've actually seen stuff pretty similar. Ha ha, libtard, you missed one. Look at Switzerland; they have lots of guns and they have lower gun homicides in the U.S. The response by the guy writing this article uh, was true enough. However, they have about the highest gun death rate in Western Europe, far higher than their neighbors. Homicide is low, suicide is high, or three per hundred thousand. Moreover, the Swiss government issues all of the guns and keeps all of the ammunition locked up. They used to let you keep it in your house, but it was too dangerous. The Swiss government inspects your home to make sure you're keeping your gun properly. You're in big trouble if you go shooting without the permission of the government. So basically, <clears throat> the argument there is that we want to overregulate the owning of a firearm as well as the ammunition because people can't be trusted with their own safety. If the government has to grant and regulate your access to a firearm, do you truly have access to your firearm? No. No. It's the same it's the same problem I have with with people Want, oh, well, you should have to pay for enhanced licensing to own a firearm. Why? Um, if we have these same politicians screaming for affordable access to health care, affordable access to quality education, why is it so fucking acceptable, so goddamn always, to have a expensive and unaffordable access to self-protection and a safe home? Something to think about. But, oh, no, we, the government should be involved in all of this. Yeah, it's great. Because that works so well with things like here in Michigan, we have to have our tabs renewed every year on our birthday. So I have to pay to re-register my vehicle, usually to the tune of about $200, every year on my birthday. And then every four years, I have to pay to renew my driver's license. Now, there's states like Arizona where it goes 10 years before you have to renew it. It's not because your appearance changes. It's not for anything other than just that we have a very greedy, fucking shitty state government here that can't seem to fix the roads. And every Democratic governor that gets in office promises they'll fix our roads. But we just need to add a gas tax or, you know, change something else that takes more money out of working people's pockets. Um, like right now, we're actually getting ready to have uh, a bill that will repeal our gas tax because gas is like $5.30 a gallon. It's ridiculous, right? Um, nope, our governor's going to veto that. And it actually got bipartisan support, by the way, which is cool. But uh, back to what we're talking about here. Um, also, if you look at depression rates and cases in Sweden, given their um, geographical location, weather patterns, things like that. Um, so depression cases compared to U.S. and U.S. suicide rates, guns aren't the issue. Depression is. They talk about, if you ever go to visit Sweden, it's something they talk about a lot there. It's a pretty big issue for them. Um, guns are a pretty convenient way to cloud that issue because they pr provide the method to carry out the act, which I was talking about earlier, right? This is just the method. It's not the reason. In this instance, the reason is depression, which is ties back to what? Oh, that's right. It ties back to mental health. That sucks. <clears throat> 
Um, and then, so again, jumping back to the author of this stupid ass article, right? If it is cool, the Swiss actually have a well-regulated militia, low taxes too. Conservatives would love those guys as role models. Um, we actually already have a well-regulated militia and we are protected by the second amendment. So, I mean, yeah, good on the Swiss in that regard. Um, but we have those things too. Um, we should have lower taxes. We don't. Um, and I don't know that Switzerland really gets involved in a whole lot of world conflicts. Um, and there's probably a reason for that because their military and their, uh, quote, armed populace probably get fucking obliterated. You don't hear about the Swiss special forces very often, or even the Swiss military, right? Um, but anyway, uh, let's see here. What else do I have down? <clears throat> um, so comments from the right would be all the cities, they have liberals and gun control like New York and Chicago, and they have the highest gun crime. They do. They do have the highest gun crime. Uh, the response to that from the, the uh, left-wing author here is, uh, nope, these cities are the largest and have the highest numbers, but are on the low end per capita. The champs, St. Louis, Detroit, Flint, and Baltimore. Um, so living close to Detroit and Flint, like that kind of sucks seeing that they're both apparently on the guy tops of this list. But um, so the response here for at least my thoughts, right? So they have low end uh, gun crime, but high end violent crime. So again, you've not actually solved the problem. The lens of the argument clouds the issue. This is again, where you can manipulate the numbers to tell whatever story you kind of want it to um, when you're being this vague. This argument doesn't actually provide any statistics or any numbers, but it's violent crime that we're looking to reduce overall violent crime, not just gun crime. Um, so the author's counterexample talking about why New York and Chicago have highest gun crimes. Their counterexample is Washington, DC strict gun control. President lives there, diplomats, etc. Yet lots of drugs and crack and tons of gun homicide, mostly in Southeast and the Northeast. Hey, it is an example of gun control without lower crime. Now you can say it's a special case. No, um, no, they have strict gun control. They do have a ton of problems, and um, it's not special because it happens in all those other cities too. It happens in New York. It happens in LA. It happens in Baltimore. It, it, it does happen. Okay. Um, if you believe for one minute that gun control is going to make any of those cities better, you're absolutely fucking wrong. And you think that the problem is that they go the criminals they go to other states and bring the guns in illegally? Um, maybe. Or the guns that were already there are just getting passed back and forth. But then again, if you're bringing a gun into there illegally, you're already breaking a law. So thereby, therefore, by literal fucking definition of this argument that gun gun control doesn't work, the gun control didn't work because you broke a law when you crossed state lines and you broke another fucking law when you went into the city limits of Chicago with that firearm. So it didn't stop the criminal from bringing it in. It doesn't matter where they got it or how they got it. They fucking got it. That's not a reason to punish everybody else. You should empower those people to be able to defend themselves. So here's another uh, <clears throat> here's another statement that that we we see a lot of, right? Um, and this is, again, this is from the right-wing side. This is from us pro-2A people. Guns are only bad when used illegally. Well, don't sue car manufacturers or drug companies when their products are used illegally. And we don't. We don't sue those companies because they should not be liable for how their products are misused. That's why we have labels on hot coffee that says danger hot. And we have labels on all of our medication warning you not to fucking overdose with it and don't chug cough syrup to get high. 
The response here is, uh, the state government and local police keep a tight control on automobiles, the form of keeping a strict database of who has a car and where they live, and the latter has the right to pull you over while you are traveling freely about and can fine you and imprison you for improper use. Hmm. So you can also be fined and imprisoned for violating existing gun laws on the books, right? Even transporting a gun incorrectly without the necessary CCW, etc., right? Because you don't have a CPL, you actually have to separate your ammo source and your firearm as much as is possible in that vehicle. Otherwise, if you get pulled over, you're in violation and you're in a lot of fucking trouble. It can result in fines, you can lose your license, you can lose your ability to, uh, to own a firearm. Um, <clears throat> this idiot comes back and says, well, when drug companies put out a bad product, they're immediately fined. Not true. Uh, the best comparison to firearms would be putting out a product that is fine for most, but which has huge consequences for all of society. Uh, the example that they want to use is uh, Purdue Pharmaceutical, whose drug OxyContin was fined for, quote, law-abiding users, but the abuse of which was caused has uh, caused billions of dollars in damage. Kentucky's currently suing them uh, to collect damages, which is a major precedent for legal reasons and precedent being a huge legal concern when we're talking about gun control laws, right? Um, so my thought with that is uh, so now corporations have to be held liable and put out of business because the average consumer has no impulse control. Uh, our moral compass is fucking broken because our society has downslid so fucking far from where we were. Um, and also for people suffering from addiction, how do hospitals and therapists treat that with more drugs produced by different corporations? So it's kind of a moot point. And then they put them in a controlled environment. They, you know, put them through rehab and things. Um, it's just not, I don't think it's a very, it's a, I don't think it's a very good argument from the other side, but, um, Worth noting, the leading cause of death in the U.S. is heart disease, yet we aren't suing fast food companies, breweries, or processing food manufacturers when people here are literally eat themselves to death. Why should we attack firearms companies? I mean, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of people have actually started to put those companies out of business on their own by just realizing health complications and more data becoming available. You know, we haven't had to sue them. Uh, their, their bank account gets hit by loss of business. Um, that's a productive way to change society through proper and correct information and improving the overall health of society since we're basically the most obese country in the world. Um, and I even basically, I'm pretty sure that's like a verifiable fact that the United States is the fattest country in the world. But we talked about in another episode why it's important to be healthy, why it's important to take care of yourself. All right. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know. I don't even want to keep going with this. It's just, it's so annoying. All these stupid fucking arguments. You know, we say things like, but I'm a law abiding gun owner. Why should I be penalized by extra laws like tighter restrictions or being forced to carry liability insurance? Um, <clears throat> their response to, and I say they, I mean, people who are pro gun control, liberals, usually Democrats, whatever. Um, their response is that you're probably a law abiding gun owner or car owner too, but because we all drive, every car has to carry liability insurance since the collective threat and likelihood of accidents are so high. We never used to have to carry insurance. Again, um, I, I mean, I carry uh, USCCA. I do have concealed carry insurance, but it shouldn't be mandatory. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, I think it's not a apples to apples comparison. Um, it's already, like I said, concealed carry insurance is already a real thing. A lot of people are getting it. <clears throat> um, and uh, we have thousands of uninsured drivers on the road every day. You know, just because it's a law doesn't mean people follow it. 
Uh, I remember seeing, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I saw uh, Gas Monkey Garage, uh, Fast and Loud is the show on Discovery Channel, right? Where uh, Richard's team, they read like a resto mod in like a 54 Chevy pickup or, or something. Like, it was awesome. Oh, man, this, this, this thing was beautiful. And I remember the, ep- I think it was a truck. It might have been a Mustang. No, I'm thinking about it. At any rate, <clears throat> they took the car out for a test drive and somebody ran a red light and T-boned him in the intersection. Guy had no insurance. And you got the guy on camera. They blurred his face out. Well, you can just claim out your insurance. Like, no, I can't, asshole, because I'm a small business owner. And if I claim this $75,000 loss, then I'm going to be uninsurable. I just have to eat this loss. So that, that's kind of how insurance works. Just because there's already laws saying that you have to have it does not mean that fucking people actually do. Especially here in Michigan, we have no-fault insurance uh, for our automobiles. So you're basically fucked no matter what happens in an accident you get into, whether it was your fault or not. Um it's something that we've been battling here in the state for years, and because it's so lucrative for the insurance companies, I don't know that we'll actually ever see it go away. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're seriously they're comparing insurance companies, many of which are in the Forbes top one, uh, top ten, by the way, uh, for automobiles to gun ownership. A lot of Americans are debating the cost and need for insurance. Uh, by the way, it's one of a household's largest monthly expenses. Uh, something that, under different circumstances, is pointed out in lots of other liberal arguments, like. Why we need universal health care and free health care because health insurance is too expensive. But it's okay to demand insurance for gun ownership, right? Because that just that fits the agenda just a little bit better. So that's okay, right? I mean, something wrong with contradicting yourself and in, in your arguments. Um you know, another point they make, oh, perhaps you'd be willing to treat your, your uh, treat weapons like your car. After all, cars have other uses uh other than killing people. Um uh, but we refuse to sue automakers when a drunk driver kills someone, right? Because it's the driver and with guns. It's the shooter. It's the, the brain behind the car. The car didn't just start itself up, back itself out the driveway, drive itself down the street and run a kid over, right? So we don't ban automobiles, right? Um, <clears throat> they go on to say, you know, either way, we all suffer from poor use of both cars and guns, which kill the same number of people in the U.S., 30,000 or so. It's just that we take responsibility for automobiles and regulate them tightly. Um, yes, but also no, because I've seen some really awful fucking people pass driving tests, uh, drive without a license. Um, cause I mean, private sales of automobiles, you don't need to see any ID, right? Talk about the gun show loophole, right? Oh, you have, you know, there's no background checks. Yes, there fucking is. Yes, there is. Go. I challenge anyone that's listening to this, go to a gun show and buy a fucking firearm and do it without a background check. And then uh, you can't, you can't unless it's a private seller, literally a guy selling one gun to another person. Any, anybody who actually can get into a gun show because you have to pay to be a vendor there, um, which they all do background checks on that and shit too. It's not a thing. It's the most widespread myth about gun control in in America, and it's not a thing. It's a fucking lie. Um, So in 2020, right, we actually had 42,000-ish automobile fatalities. Um, And 2020 was actually a record year for gun violence with approximately 44,000 deaths. However, 24,000 of those uh, firearm deaths, right, were suicides, okay, Someone took their own life. They acted against themselves, which you have to remove from the argument. Otherwise, it's disingenuous. So the comparison really isn't very good. So it's more like 20,000 gun deaths versus 42,000 auto deaths, which is 
right? Less, less than half. Um, and then here's the one I, I love, um, because we talk about, right. You, you need firearms, your guns, right. To oppose the government, to, to combat a, a tyrannical government, right. And that's the truth. That's why the, that's a very large part of why the, the second amendment was written the way it was when it was in a country that had to fight for its independence from a tyrannical government. Well, well, the response here is, uh, while that's dangerously close to planning treason, no, it's not. It's it's fucking not. It's the way the fucking framers designed and built this goddamn country. Uh, let's take your argument first. First of all, no citizens have opposed a national army on its home turf with success since the Revolutionary War and the Haitian Revolution. Oh, so we shouldn't even try, right? Um, since then, revolutions usually happen because the people simply refuse to follow a weak, unjust regime and its and its civil disobedience, not armed insurrection. Yeah, it's not armed insurrection because they took all the fucking guns away already. That's why there's a revolution, because life sucks so fucking hard that people demand a change from, yes, an incompetent regime, much like what we're seeing in office today with the Biden administration, right? Um, they, can, they go on, uh, let's see here. Since the revolutions usually happen, because uh, they uh, won't follow a weak, unjust regime, and it's civil disobedience and armed insurrection, examples being Poland and Estonia at the end of the Cold War, uh, when things end up as set military battles of armed civilians, things more often resemble Vietnam, Nicaragua, or Syria. This scenario would be a nightmare beyond all measure from America. Um, so because it's never been done before, why should we try? Also, it's literally being done in Ukraine right now, backing Russian invasion out. We see it all over the news, all over the place. And a lot of the people that are opposed to gun ownership are the same fucking idiots that put the I stand with Ukraine banners and flags and rings and shit around their profile pictures on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and everything fucking else to make sure everyone knows how fucking woke and in tune with political correctness they are. Um, and it could also be that in those countries that this, this asshole uh, used as an example, right? Uh, private citizen gun ownership is often illegal therefore preventing the common man from even having access to those weapons to carry out said armed insurrection. Um, yeah, if you look at places in Europe, like, you know, uh, like Poland and Estonia, they can't, the access to firearms is not the same as it is here in America. That's not a fair comparison. But the average person won't, can't be bothered to dig that far into it and just assumes that whoever's writing this article must be really well informed and educated, so the, why would they lie, right? They, they, they wouldn't lie to me. They, they can't do that, right? Um, okay, goes on, says, however, if you still want to do the people versus the government, after all, you'll be facing Abrams M1 tanks, Apache AH-64s, cruise missiles, a nationwide phone surveillance network, the Marines, the Navy SEALs, CIA, FBI, and uh, cast of all 13 seasons of So You Think You Can Dance. That's <clears throat> weird. Um, yeah, it's our right to fight back. And a lot of these people, those seals that you just mentioned, you just threw out there uh, all nonchalantly. Um, those were and those Marines. Those are all American citizens too that swore an oath of allegiance to the Constitution and the people of this fucking country, not, not to the government, not to the sitting administration, which is why we have term limits on president, right? No, no. And yes, there's a lot more of us than there are of them. Like 1% of this country serves in the fucking military and even less than that 1% has actually seen combat and would be combat effective. There are better trained civilians than there are a lot of law enforcement active and retired military. Just because you were in the military, fuck, I have, I know people that their whole job in the military was driving a fucking forklift to load planes when they got deployed. 
That's all I did. They drove a fucking forklift. And they actually bitched and moaned and groaned about having to go to the range to qualify prior to deployment on the M4 and the M9. It's like, oh, yeah, you're over in a foreign country where they may or may not like Americans, but you're going to bitch about having the having to make sure you still have, you know, the skills to operate competently and safely a firearm. Not to mention even the people that carry one every day aren't always very well versed in those weapon systems or even that the M9 is not a good weapon platform. Okay, there's a reason why Beretta lost the contract and why the SIG M17 is the new sidearm of the military. But why fucking look into details like that? Um, let's not mention here, right, that in the American Revolution, as we've talked about before, right, colonists did just that. They won against a stronger, better armed, and better trained military force from the British, who had more munitions, who had more arms, who had the highest levels of technology available, right? The Revolutionary Army did, they did not, the Colonial Army was in pretty bad shape for a while there. They almost did lose that war. It wasn't just a knockout home run because the British were, you know, lightweight pansies. Go crack a fucking book. It was a war. It was a long, drawn-out war. We had to have support and training and weapons from other countries. Like, there's a lot that went on. If you don't think that we wouldn't do it again, I mean, you might be wrong. I pray to God we never fucking find out, you know. But shit, we don't know. Um, also, all parties named took an oath to defend the country. I, I know I you know uh, went through that. Um, but they took the oath to defend this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Okay, and domestic. That's where the the whole bit about the government and sitting administration comes in because you're asking you know people to turn against their own countrymen. Uh, we already did the civil war bit. It didn't it wasn't it wasn't a good time for us. I don't know that we'll ever see that again. Um, goes on to say, your cousin with tactical, quote, tactical pop guns are not looking very good on Vegas odds. Um, so one, that guy can go fuck himself. Uh, but two, many citizens are military veterans. Many more are private citizens who practice and train, and they practice appropriate firearm safety. Um, plus, like I said, you know, um, just being in law enforcement doesn't make you a great shooter and tactician. Just having been in the military doesn't make you a great shooter and or tactician. And being retired from either of those means that those skills do deteriorate. Um, there's a lot of civilian shooters out there. They're all over Instagram. And for better or worse, with some of the goofy shit they do, um, lined up, you know, one-to-one odds on how they would do versus some people that are, you know, active or retired military law enforcement. I don't know that it's going to be that great because... Your job as law enforcement is not to be a gunfighter. It's to be a lot of other things. We've had Rob on here before and talked about it. We've had guys from Orion Training Group, uh, you know, people on this podcast that have, that have spent time in law enforcement and it's and trained law enforcement, right? A lot of the job is not firearms and a lot of the job is not firearms training. So it's an awfully big assumption uh, that, you know, well, you're going to lose no matter what. So my, you might as well not even fucking try. This stuff just, it gets me so fucking, um, you know, fired up about this. And I don't, I just, it, it kills me, you know. Um, one last thing, right, that I will get into just because it's some good numbers here. Um, we we say often that gun laws don't work because criminals will get the guns the any way they want, any way they can, right? They're not going to follow the laws. That's why they're fucking criminals, right? So you're only restricting access to to, to legal, you know, legal law buying, um, civilians. 
And again, this, this response here, nope. Everywhere guns are available more freely, they get used more often. When they aren't around as much, <clears throat> they get used less often. Um, he goes on to say that gun homicide rates per country per 100,000 people. The U.S. is 2.97 per 100,000, while United Kingdom is 0.05 per 100,000. France is 0.22 per 100,000. Switzerland is 0.23 per 100,000. Netherlands is 0.20. New Zealand, 0.26. Canada is 0.51 and Japan is like zero point is zero point zero zero. Um, and this sample size, we do look pretty fucking awful. We do. Um, but it's specifically designed like we were talking about earlier with the numbers being skewed, however you want to paint that picture for people that are too ignorant to do deeper research. So, um, we're actually number two in the world behind Brazil for most firearm related deaths. Brazil has 43,200 deaths. We have 37,200. But then you look at some other countries, right? And they have much smaller population. I mean, India has 26,500. Mexico, 15,400. Colombia, 13,300. Venezuela, 12,008. Philippines, 8,020. You know, um, the numbers are a little bit skewed. You know, and those are countries that have not necessarily comparable populations for us. Um, And those numbers I just read off were firearms deaths, not per 100,000 total. And you look at our population versus countries like Colombia, Mexico, Venezuela, the Philippines, Guatemala, you know, like mm, not um, not not exactly a fair comparison, you know. Um, And. I think when you guys do your own research, right, because we're big on that, you should look at that. Um, Look at what the study is actually indicating. Is it number of homicides or firearm uh, deaths per 100,000 or total? Um, When they're looking at, you know, how white males are always the problem, are they looking at all of these mass incidences carried out? Um, What do they decline on white male as? Because I've seen studies where somebody who someone can be Egyptian and they're technically classified as a white male. Um, so dig a little bit deeper and, and not just, you know, face value on a lot of this stuff. Um, <clears throat> guys, I mean, it's no secret, right? I just, I don't think that gun control is going to work. I don't, there's not any kind of empirical data that supports that. We tried the assault weapons ban for 10 years here, a literal fucking decade. And we had the worst school shooting we've ever had in this country. Um, or one of the worst, I should say, probably not the worst. And we've only seen these events. Uh, the frequency has gone up. It's only gone up. And we get more laws and more laws, and we get magazine capacity laws. We get, you know, all waiting periods, and we get all, all these gun control laws. Uh, you know, you have to have a featureless rifle in California. Oh, you can't have an adjustable stock. Oh, you can't hold more than five rounds. Oh, it can't be a semi-automatic. You got to be able to work the action between every round. It hasn't fixed anything. Magazine capacity limits is about the dumbest one. Like, watch a video. Watch, look how look how quickly people can reload a firearm. Whether it's a five round mag, a twenty round mag, a thirty round mag, or more. And honestly, you don't see too many of these guys running around with rifles. So it's it's kind of a moot point because most f- fucking handguns carry ten rounds, <clears throat> maybe fifteen, right? Seventeen if it's a Glock, seventeen something like that. 
I don't know that, you know, oh, now we got to ban calibers. Now we got President Biden going on the news from how a nine millimeter blows out a lung and we can't save anyone. So everybody that used to vote for this and say, you don't need an AR-15, I'll just keep my handgun. Well, (coughs) congratulations. Now they're coming after nine millimeter, which is basically like the third smallest cal, like handgun caliber. Starts with a 22, you step up to 380, and then you got nine millimeter. Past that, you got 40, you got 45, you got 10 millimeter, you got 50. <clears throat> There's all kinds of other stuff going on. 357, 44. What's going to stop them from coming from that next? Because guys, look at history. Once we lose these rights, <clears throat> once these laws pass, once we lose this access, it never comes back. We never get it back, right? Suppressors, uh, short barrel rifles and short barrel shotguns are on the NFA list, right? We never got those back. And a suppressor only knocks like 20 decibels off. Still not even hearing safe with a 5.56 gun, let alone you actually lose ballistic effectiveness on short barrel rifles, but <clears throat> those are still on the NFA. Never going to get that back. So just stuff to think about. Um, and again, I want the focus of this to be around the discussion around gun rights and gun control and and give some, some facts and some deeper discussion. Um, this isn't by no means supposed to address the Valde incident specifically. Um, but there is a lot of discussion about it right now. And we as a community need to do more. We need to come together. We need to stop bickering and fighting. Um, and we need to lobby through our votes for politicians and leadership that will actually protect our rights. If you're listening to this, I implore every one of you, reach out to your state senator, reach out to your congressman and let them know what you want. They want to stay in office. They want your vote. They need to hear what you have to say. And you cannot be pissed when this goes away if you will not get involved in the system. I have spoken with with people in my local, uh, my statewide Senate on gun laws. I've gotten email correspondence from my senators. Um, I reach out. I have correspondence. I have discussions with these people. I am doing what I can to be an effective part of the system. And you bet your ass come midterm elections, I will be voting in accordance with my beliefs. So if you're somebody, you know, who's sitting here listening to this going, yeah, I like my guns. I want to, you know, I don't want any more gun control, right? I agree with everything you're saying, Austin. Well, good. Do more. Be a part of the solution. Step up and be a proactive member of what's going on. Okay. Um, so hopefully this is this is provocative. This is, this is thought provoking and, and get some of you guys thinking. Um, I get a little bit ranty on this stuff. I know that I know it's not the the most fun thing to talk about, but again, with everything going on and this, you know, we have a new person that's possibly going to be the new head of the ATF. We have so many people out there screaming for gun control and how it's the only possible answer and talking about how people like you and I, or I assume we're somewhat similar since you're listening to this podcast still, um, don't care about human life and we just want to have our right to bear arms. Um, Yes, we want to have our right to bear arms because we care about human life. You guys got that a little bit backwards. So um, I hope that you guys found this insightful and enjoyed it. Uh, We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. Um, Should have a couple guests lined up over the next two, three weeks here. I think you guys are really going to dig. I know I'm looking forward to looking forward to them quite a bit. Um, And I believe you're, you're going to really enjoy it. So until that such time though, that's all I got. Like we always say here, need you guys to get out there, need to work hard, Train smarter, and as always, be prepared. 